All-State, two-year starter, and rush in for the Big Red and NFL vet. He's Dudeness or uh, Duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino if you're not into the whole brevity thing. It's Blackshirt Jay Moore with Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. We say hi to Blackshirt Husker NFLer and co-host Big Red Wrap-Up on Nebraska Public Media. Jay Moore back with us. Bert, how was the weekend? Good to spend time with you today. Yeah, weekend was good. Had some good weather. Had a little, you know, did some basketball on the weekend, but more importantly, was able to get out and swing the clubs a little bit. So that was that was a win for you know the first weekend in February. It is, man. I know you guys put a lot of work in for the uh, signing day special with Big Red Wrap Up, and want to start there and get your perspective. You're you're a good voice, man. I love getting your take and perspective on recruiting because you lived it as a as a high profile prospect. You also were an in state guy and had a, just a great career at Nebraska. Now you're uh, in I don't know working on your second decade of of the media side of, of analyzing prospects and you're so you're fair, you're very measured with it. Your takeaway with this class and the work that rule did, I know we're just on the heels of, of your guys's preview. Yeah, it, it was very impressive. Uh, in my honest opinion, uh, effort was, was where it needs to be. You know, I think you need, He's already hit on it in saying we're just doing our jobs. You know, I think I've maybe commented on this, but so many people that I've talked to is I can't believe how hard they're going out recruiting. I'm like, that's what you're supposed to do when you're a Division One football coach making five million plus dollars a year, and you have all the resources in the world. You should be out there busting your tail recruiting because that's that's the lifeblood of, of your program. And now even more, you know, you with the transfer portals and, uh, you know, JUCO recruiting and obviously then the high school level, I mean, it's, it's a year-round process. So the effort is finally back to, to where it needs to be. I think you'll always see going forward big classes. You know, they don't have the – I believe the previous rule was 20. 25 guys mm-hmm. in a class. You couldn't go over that now. Uh, I think you're always going to see over-signing, or not, I don't know if you want to call it over-signing, but just bigger classes in general. I know this one had, had 39 guys in it. Um, doing bigger wrap-up was quite the was, – was trying to talk about each and every recruit in one hour and was, was quite the rush mm. uh, to get them all in. But I think you'll see that just because in college football nowadays, there's just going to be more and more attrition every year. And that's just because of the transfer portals. Uh, that's because of NIL and guys that uh, come in early on in their careers and, and maybe blow up or, you know, and have really good years um, early on. And, you know, they might not be able to – it's just a free agency type of situation, you know, compared um, compared to what we've seen in years past. I think some of that will I, – I would hope that will slow down as we proceed to go forward in this new age of recruiting and, and name, image, and likeness, and, and so forth, I think you'll, you'll it'll get there'll be some handcuffs put onto a little bit. Just it's gotta it's gotta slow down a little bit. I mean, this is you got to try to make it after what the NFL is. You, you got to say, okay, you're taking this deal, and uh, this is this is a three year contract, this is a four year, whatever it may be. 
you got you got to be able to to have that. But also it, going forward, the caveat on that is you know what uh, you, you got this deal, but guess what? You got to hold you up to your end of the bargain as well, and you can you can get cut, and I would assume be cut from your your contract, be cut from your scholarship as well. I know Nebraska hasn't done that in years past, but I think. We're just seeing more of the professional game and how they handle it uh, going forward, and I think rules hit that as well. It's you're going to have uh, you know bigger support staffs, and you're going to have general managers, and you're going to have all these people to, ha- to handle all the stuff going forward with recruiting because it's just what you have to do. And if you want to compete with the big boys, you want to compete with the Alabamas and the Georgias and the Clemsons and the Ohio States, uh, the Michigans. The Oklahomas, the Texas, you got to have all hands on deck. You got to use every dollar that you have allocated to your program. You got to use it, utilize it, and be as efficient as possible with that. So I think the effort, first and foremost, is there. Uh, every guy, I, I think there's a theme to what Rule is recruiting with, and that is hey, let's get guys in that have exceptional God given talent and things that you probably just can't develop. And that is length and size and speed. You can you can you can somewhat develop speed. You can make guys run just a little bit faster, but you you can't take a guy that runs a, a five flat forty and all of a sudden you can make him run a four five. That's just not doable. Um, if it is, then I then the new strength conditioning coach uh, is is the best is the best of the nation hands down. So I think that's what they're going after: long, lengthy guys that you can add size to and still be able to keep them athletic and, and you're be able to keep their speed up. So I think you see that. And then they're just looking for good ball players, man. You know, good football, IQs, uh, high-character guys. And then you, you get that, you build that up, and then you just, you're just you able to go and, again, plug you know pull guys from the transfer portal. Obviously, you get three guys from Georgia. You get, what, three or four guys from, from Florida – coming in so you're able just to kind of supplement holes where you you know you need some short turnarounds but also realize that you've got to build your program from a foundational level through the high school recruiting and i'm talking that's at the offensive line level and that's at the defensive line level and so on and so forth that's where you build your your foundation of your, your program and again if you need if you lose a guy to injury or you lose you know a guy to the you know you're able to you got a guy that leads early for the draft, boom, because you've already kind of built that developmental foundational program that, that he wants and that we need and that's been missing for many, many years. But then also, you know, you can go and grab a, a receiver, a tight end, a running back, a DB, a safety, a linebacker, a, you know, any other position from the transfer portal to hopefully fill that, short, that short-term need, but knowing that you also do have guys that you're developing you know, from the ground up to be able to, you know, step in and and create that competition as well going forward. You know, it's a great balance, short-term need, fill the void, so to speak, but also the long-term commitment, the plan of getting guys seasoned for for two to three years in your program with your system and then turn them loose versus throwing Mm -hmm. them in too early. And too many times you've seen guys – that our good football players struggle because they've been thrown in and you wonder about confidence level or are they beaten down because, you know, guys, you fail in football, you do, but you're, you're not used to getting it handed to you. 
uh, there's, mm-hmm. there's a big difference. So I, I love the, the balance that Nebraska's going with. Jay, real quick on projecting the way that Coach Rule likes to look at fit uh, and, and also connect in Texas and also come 500-mile radius. It's all music to, to my ears. That being said, uh, when we talk about projection, that's, such, that, that's been a, an expertise of, of the great Nebraska years. Is that fair to say, in your opinion? Oh, for sure. I mean, that's, that's first and foremost, I think it's just understanding who you are. And that's what made Nebraska so good for so long. And it helped having a staff be together for as many years as they were. But they just knew who they were every year. They weren't trying to be someone else. And they knew exactly what needed to get accomplished. And that's being, that's being effective. That's being efficient. That's just being smart. And I think in years past, and I think that's hurt what, what, what Scott is, I don't think he, he thought he knew, but once he kind of got into it and got into Big Ten football, he's like, this isn't going to, you know, I, now I don't know what to do. Cause I, what I did know, what I did know that worked at Oregon and, and what worked at Central Florida, I don't think, you know, necessarily is going to work here in the, in the Big Ten. And I think, no, having a firm grasp in knowing exactly what you want and knowing what you, who you are and how you're going to go about it. And just, that's just what it is. That's how you, that's just, that's just whether you're building a, a business, a, a college football program, a, a family, you know, whatever, whatever it is a life. That's just, you got to know what you want, how you're going to go about it and understand what your, what your assets are, what your, what your talents are, what your, uh, you know, just who you want to be. And I think you just, once you're able to kind of break all that down, that's, that's how you become effective and, and maximize what you have. And, and you said it, you know, on, on uh, busting with the boys in that podcast, you know, with, with Will Compton and Taylor Luan, uh, Luan is like, I know I have good guys. I know I have good character in this locker room. You know, you don't, you don't go into Iowa city at the end of the year and you know, you don't have a, you're, you're not able to go to a bowl game, but you can keep, uh, Iowa from winning the West and keeping them from going to the Big Ten uh, championship game. You know you got some dudes in there with that like to go to battle and fight. So I, I think that's first and foremost. I think that's what's important for this program going forward to be effective is I think the characters there, the guys have the right attitude. They just need to be – there just needs to be more – everything has to be in finer detail and streamlined and be more efficient to their approach. I think the talent. There's enough talent here to be to go to bowl games. <laughs> that's that's in my mind. That's I have no doubt in that. But you just got to streamline the process and get these guys laser focused in to what they need to do and fit what Matt and his staff sees as their plan going forward. So um, it's kind of a long-winded answer to to what you're trying to get at. But I, I think it's just bigger. It's it's from a, the the larger perspective of it all within this program, it's you you look at the the what you want to accomplish, but you got to start breaking it down to to the finer details. Okay, okay, recruiting here, uh, development programs, um, NIL. There's just so many things you got. You got to break everything down and almost have its own criteria and kind of build out from each and everything. You know, offensive line play. Defensive line play, you know, secondary, you know, uh, you know everything. You just got to break everything down and just 
have everything in fine detail and say, okay, this is what it is. This is how it's going to be. Because when you hit, when crap hits the fan, that's when people start to deter from what they think. They're, they're trying to find that short-term fix. And, yeah, that you might have to do that here and there, but you can't really, you can't deviate from what's important. And you have to stick with the plan, trust the process, and, and keep going forward. So I, I, I'm excited to see that process uh, build and continue to grow and, and get better mm-hmm. here with Coach Rule. Good stuff from Jay Moore. A few more minutes with Jay Bird as he'll be on the other side with us. Hale Varsity Radio Monday edition. Spotify, iTunes, Google Plays where you can get the podcast. Can do individual segments for you or the full show. Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. The whole video portion will be up for you as well on the Hale Varsity YouTube chain, uh, YouTube page. And uh, be sure to check out Hale Varsity Radio's Twitter at HVarsity Radio. More with Jay Moore next. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Jay Moore is with us here. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by Currency. And Jay, you were just talking about that, that development and, and projection side of things. And when you look at developing these, these freshmen and these transfers coming in, do you think that responsibility falls on the players themselves? Or does it fall on, on the coaching staff? And I know the correct answer here is as a healthy mix of both, but in your mind, which which side of the equation holds more importance? Is it the coaching staff working to develop these guys, or is it the, the guys having that own intrinsic motivation to get better? I think intrinsic motivation is what's most important. There's always a, as a phrase in, in when you play at a in any sport in general is – Coaches coach you and, and are, they are hard on you because they care. You should be worried when they stop coaching you because they've given up and they stop caring about your development because you don't care as a player. So I think that you have to, as a player, you have to have pride in, in the process of getting better every day. And there's some guys that, that are, and I believe Nebraska has a lot of those guys, but there's some guys that get there and – they're kind of just happy with being on the football team, and they're they know they you know, they know they probably just don't have what it takes. And I think that's what you know Matt's probably trying to weed those guys out currently in the system. He doesn't want those guys. He wants 150 guys that want to get better every day and want to be developed and want to be coached. But I think Elijah, to your to your comment, I think it's you have it comes intrinsically. It has to come from inside. You got to want it. You gotta you gotta want to be coach. If you get yelled at, you get your your butt chewed out. You know you can't take it personal because you gotta be like, no, what they 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 care. Coaches care. They want me to get better. And then you gotta take that personal and and say, you know what, I'm not gonna get chewed out anymore. I'm gonna get better. I'm gonna work on my alignment. I'm gonna work on my stance. I'm gonna work on my paddle level. I'm gonna work on my hand placement. I'm gonna work on my uh, breaks getting out of cuts. I'm gonna work on my pass blocking. I'm gonna work on blitz pickups. You know all, all those things. I'm gonna work on giving a little more time in the weight room or conditioning or my, you know, my diet, taking care of my body, all those things. You got to want that. And, uh, the staff's going to keep on them, but, but again, the player has to want to get better. And I, I do believe Nebraska has a bunch of guys on this, on this team that, that do want to get better. Jay Moore is with us. Hail varsity radio talking, uh, rule and signing day and, uh, prospects for the program. Uh, what the process uh, will be like with Coach Rule, Jay Moore with us, Blackshirt Husker NFLer and co-host Big Red Wrap-Up. Jay, uh, a thought as we turn to Super Week. It is Super Bowl 57. A lot of your teammates, well, a handful of teammates anyway, 
uh, or guys you've covered uh, playing for Philly. Uh, of course, DiCaprio, the lone Nebraska rep from Kansas City. Uh, he spent time with Sue in the program, and uh, he was a pup then. I'm not calling you old. I'm just saying you're experienced. Uh, but, uh, you know, who you, who you got here? You got Philly. You got Kansas City. I thought the line early on was maybe minus two Philly. I'm all on the E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles. Huh. <laughs> you know, fly, fly, Eagles, fly on this on this one. I'm still bitter about the Bengals game. I'm just going to say it. I'm still, I'm still pissed. Uh, the Bengals should be playing in this, this damn game, and uh, so I'm all I'm all on the Eagles in this. I uh, I think it's gonna be a good game, but I just think Philly Philly is the best team, and they've been the best team in in the league all all, all um, year long. Just the weapons they have with Hertz and Devontae Smith and Goddard and Sanders and out of the line with Lane Johnson and Jason Kelsey. I mean, you, you just turn around defensively. They got young, athletic, fast guys on that defense that are. Super physical, and I'm still, you know, with KC's wise, I, uh, I think, you know, Mahomes is going to be banged up. Still, the ankle, those high ankle sprains don't go away quickly. I know he's still got a couple weeks to recover, but those things linger. Their their wide receiver squad has been banged up. You know, their defense has not hasn't been good. Red zone defense, they were, they were 31st in the in the league in red zone defense, and that's where that's where Philly <laughs> that's where Philly's really good. You start getting those RPO situations and. Just with Hurts' ability to run it, you just don't know which way that it's going to go because they're just so you know balanced and they can do so many things to you offensively. So I, I think you know I'm rooting for a good game. I, I am, but I could I could see Philly, uh, you know, taking over this thing pretty pretty quickly. I just, I just that's my that's my feel. <laughs> uh, you can so you can take that for what's worth. I'm just, I know there's a lot of Chiefs fans around here that are listening to this interview and saying that. Jay Moore guys full, you know what? But uh, <laughs> that's this is how I feel. I, I, I do. I I, 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 I think the Chiefs got a, you know, they got away with one, and uh, I think Philly, you know, putting up thirty one on one of the, on the best defenses in, in the in the league in the Forty ers That's gonna be that's a that's a tough that's a tough vehicle to stop in traffic, and uh, I I just don't see them getting away getting getting in the way of, of their of their progress and you know just their momentum they have that they've had going since uh, game one. Jake, quickly, just your personal opinion. Do you think this is the the last dance for Ndamukong Sue? I would think so. If he gets a ring, yeah, I, I would I would imagine so. He he picked and choose, you know, wisely. You know, let's, if I'm going to play, I'm going to play for a contender. And if he would get a ring, I, that's curtain call. He, he doesn't need to do anymore. He's, that's, I'm sure that's what he just wants. And he's had a phenomenal career and obviously one of the best Nebraska Cornesters ever play, you know, in co- in the college level, and then obviously in the NFL level. So I would I would assume that uh, he gets he gets that ring. He's uh, he is done. He can go tend to his business ventures, which I I know he's excited about. Do you think he needs a second ring for the Hall of Fame, or do you think he's in? I know he's played on the interior his whole career, so his career sack totals right around sixty five to seventy. He's been or was regarded as the defensive tackle well, I, I think, of a decade. If, if I remember correctly, I think he's the highest-paid interior defensive lineman in NFL history. I mean, he's, he's made the money, but you, and, and he's made Pro Bowls, he's made all pros. He's had a, a reputation also as, like, the, uh, the guy that, even if he's on your team, you stay the hell away from just because he's, he's got that, you know, 
uh, that uh, dark streak? that dark passenger, as Dexter would say. That works. Um, so, <laughs> I uh, I don't know. I mean, do you think he needs another ring to to be Canton worthy? Do you think he's already there? I think he's already there. The Hall of Fame stuff gets a little political, yeah, and it, it'll be interesting to see how the people view and how the board of I don't know who who all sits on it that makes these figure who's worthy or not. I mean, yes, he has everything there. I mean, the guy, he, he was never hurt. He never missed games. He missed and, one game uh, because of suspension. Yeah. He was stomping on somebody. Right. And I, allegedly, you know, I, allegedly stomping on somebody. Yeah. I mean, I, for, I mean, I was only with him for one year, my rookie year, and in in uh, San Francisco. And in BY, Bryant Young just got inducted this past year. And, again, guy that he did now he had some injuries. Uh, I don't know if Bryant was there with you caught one of those in the, you know the Super Bowl. I can't remember if he was he got one or not with San Francisco early in his career. Um, when you know when Steve Young and mm-hmm. and Jerry were kind of on their tail end coming out of uh, uh, you know their careers. I think they beat the Chargers in what ninety five, ninety six. Yep, yep. I can't remember if Vy was was on that team because that would have been. He might have been because I think, gosh, that would have been his, when I got there in 07, it probably been his 12th year. Yeah, he probably was. So, yeah, he has. But I think his career is, if it's not as good but better than and then but to uh, be wise and Bryant Young. So, I, w- I would have, he might not be, a, you know, a, a first ballot guy, you know, but I think he'll eventually get in. He's had the career and he's just too good and he potentially has two rings and I foresee no reason why not that Indominus Sue would not be in the you know, in the Hall of Fame. Three Super Bowl trips, working on a second ring. Uh, we'll see where Sue is after Sunday. Jay Moore with us, uh, Big Red Wrap-Up co-host, Blackshirt Husker, NFLer. Jay, will run you down next week. Thanks for a few minutes today. Yep, you got it.